Welcome back. This is episode 352 of the NYYST podcast. We are presented to you by NYY Underground. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. What's up, bro? And no SGR. No SGR. All right. Football season. The Eagles are actually playing tonight. Oh, yeah. There you go. Nailed it. Oh. So uh, it's Monday night. The Yankees actually uh, won a game in a tropical storm earlier today, six to four over the Diamondbacks. Not like it matters uh, because they were officially eliminated uh, from postseason contention with their loss on Sunday. Uh, we will just give you a quick synopsis of what's going to happen here over the show over the course of the next three weeks. Next week is fan therapy, what we do every year after the Yankees are eliminated. Uh, we're, I guess we're kind of delaying it a week until the season is actually officially over. I guess technically we should probably do it today, but we'll do it next week once the season is officially over. They're done playing baseball for the year. Um, and then the following week will be week one of uh, the keep them dumpums. And then the following right. and then after that will be week two. Uh, I'm going to try to come up with uh, 18 players plus Tweedledee and Tweedledum will be on the uh, list as well. So, all right. And we're gonna just to spoil alert, Boone and Cashman. We're just gonna bang them out right in the in the beginning. There, we're not gonna wait. Okay, did I mean, we do that last year too? Right in the beginning. I I think uh, maybe it was either last year or the year before. I waited on Aaron Boone and his con. No, it had to have been two years ago. I waited on Aaron Boone because I kind of wanted him to be like the main event. Didn't we fuck up though? Like, didn't. Yeah, because they had announced his uh, extension before we had gotten to him. Right, right. So uh, we're not live on NYYU. This is a premiere. We're not live because Pete's still in New York. Pete was one of the 14 people at the game today uh, after NYYU Day got (laughs) postponed on Saturday due to the tropical storm. Uh, So if you have tickets for NYYU Day from Saturday, don't worry. You know, there's nothing you have to do. When group uh, group ticket sales go on uh, sale, uh, we'll be able to take care of all of that. So everybody just relax. I know there's some people out there freaking out over what to do with the tickets. I actually reached out to Nick, who the guy who who's helping Pete run the event. And he Great gave, guy. Me conf- gave me confirmation today that there's nothing that we needed to do if we didn't want to. Because today was the makeup game for Saturday. So if you didn't want to go today, there was absolutely nothing you needed to do. It will all be taken care of. So it's just. Just wanted to get that out there right now. And if you're watching on NYYU, please like uh, this video, subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. So, like I said, next week's going to be fan therapy, but I just want to spend like two or three minutes on this right now. Uh, The Yankees were officially eliminated from postseason contention yesterday on Sunday. You'll be hearing this on Tuesday, so just a point of reference. When I say yesterday, I mean Sunday. On Sunday... Uh, with their loss to the Diamondbacks. Um, I I was on social media. I didn't really watch much of the game. It was just a, a crummy day. I my my wife was at a baby uh, at a bridal shower, so I was with my daughter, just spending the day with her. And I wasn't really locked into the game. And you know, I saw that they lost, and then I saw people freaking out about, oh, you're eliminated. I'm like. If it took you now to realize that they weren't making the postseason, I, I don't know how to actually help you through this because, as I said, to me, it was exactly six weeks ago that the Yankees were eliminated from the postseason when uh, Clay Holmes blew that game in Miami. That's when I gave up on their postseason hopes uh, for the year. So yesterday was just crossing the T's and dotting the I's on the paperwork, as I said on, on Twitter yesterday. My official game that I honestly stopped caring at all was pathetically later than that. I think it was, was it a, they just had a recent series against the Tigers, correct? They won like the first two games and they dropped the third. Well, they, they played four in Detroit. They won the first three, lost the last one. And then they played them yeah. at home and they lost the, the, they won the first two and lost the last one. That's the series. That's that last game because they were starting to come back slightly. That was once Dominguez was here. Yes. And then they lost that game and gave up hope. But I was like, you know what? Dominguez is here. Blah, blah, blah. Then that tragic news came out. 
Yeah, I mean, for me personally, like, I, I don't like the fact that the Yankees haven't been important for, like, uh, what do you want to say? No, I wouldn't. I don't want to say all season because they have they've been playing and you're you hold out hope. But what do you what do you really want to say? Even though I knew that they weren't going to make the postseason after they lost to that they blew that game in Miami, you still hold out a little bit of faint hope. So what do you want to say for like the last month? Really, they haven't been important. Yeah, it's been more than a month. I'd say. But it's when been- when did they go on that really really awful skid where they just that was what the start of july was when they couldn't win a series right they didn't win a series for so i'd say by the end of july you still had hope obviously because of the wild card but you just knew that this team was in the worst spiral we were going to see them in in our lifetime from uh so you don't want to count if you don't count Oakland and Kansas City, right? You don't count Oakland and Kansas City, which it's I know you have to because they still play them. But if you don't count them, the Yankees lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They they did not win nine consecutive series. Yeah, I'd say in the middle of that, you were just like, all right, this is it. Yeah, but you still you still checked in every night. You're still kind of at least on my end. There's still you very. St- I was still watching every single pitch. At that it's point, just, I don't like this. I don't like not caring whether they win or lose. Like I don't. It it doesn't sit well with me. This is not fun. You know you what know? it was. You know when the official time was. I think after Dominguez went down, because at least we had the kids to watch. We were excited about Dominguez, even if they weren't. Even if they didn't sit in a realistic position, that was the, to make the, that was the final blow right there. Yes, like that, that was it. That like was when he, I stopped caring completely. Like, you know, that slow motion of Ivan Drago throwing that final punch that kills Apollo Creed, that was the punch right there when Dominguez got uh, the news that he was going to have Tommy John surgery. That was the one that killed us right there. Yeah, and I've been less stressed, but you're not. You're still miss. There's still a void there. Like I hate not watching meaning meaningful baseball. Uh, we'll, we're really gonna deep dive what went wrong and get all our emotions out next week. But you know, it was like yesterday was just kind of Sunday was kind of just like the ceremonial end of it all. But uh, you knew it was coming. The team did not play well enough to be a postseason team this year. And I was just yesterday. I was on. Uh, their roster page. I don't even know what the hell I was looking for. I didn't even realize that Albert Abreu is on the IL. So that these guys are just Wandy Peralta is on the IL today. You find out that they're shutting down Tommy Canely for the season. I mean, what the hell is going on here? I get it. It doesn't. What does it matter? But Jesus, this team is fall. This team is falling apart. No more completely. flyers on injury prone guys. Like I don't care what the what the risk is. I want zero part of it. Zero. Oh, I mean, we got a whole off season to to discuss this, but I mean, my goodness, man! Like, who's going to be left? Who's going to be playing in that series in Kansas City? Who cares? They had to call up a kid from Double A because it was he was like literally the last healthy body that they had to just to field the team. Gomez, I believe his name is. He's a pitcher. Did the minor league? season go longer this year i don't think i don't know if i don't think it longer i felt like it was longer this year I, did it i don't think so i thought like right around the time they call they extend the rosters i thought right around that time the minor league season is starting to really wind down I wrap up and i think it it ended during the week so it's not that far off huh i always thought it ended earlier than that oh so there's a lot. This team does need a lot to uh, to change in the offseason, but I don't think much is going to change. Aaron Judge, after the game yesterday, says he has his own ideas of uh, what he's he's going to talk to Hal, basically, and uh, give Hal his ideas. So I don't really know what he's going to say other than that we need to improve, which we all that, know this already. That was the leader that 
wasn't influenced by anyone in, in the front office. That was the raw emotion of the leader that I want on this team. We talked about a, a couple months ago, uh, not even a few weeks ago, when he was defending Boone. He kind of doubled down on that, which made me think maybe it's a little more genuine than I thought. Uh, but today was that, not today, but that interview, that post-game interview, well, it was yesterday? It's Sunday. Uh, that was the raw emotion, what I wanted to hear from my leader. It wasn't the the bullshit that we get from the front office that making the postseason is is great. He didn't say we failed because we missed the postseason. He said it was a failure because you're not interviewing me after a championship. This is and that's the exact, shit you want to hear. This is his, his exact quote. He said, if I'm not standing here talking to you guys after a championship, it's a failure. Couldn't agree more. So... And there are always things that you can take out of a season and say that you had enjoyment just from being a fan and watching it. But ultimately, the Yankees failed this year. And there's no other way to say that. I mean, even to a man, like, there's not, there's, there can't be any sugarcoating it in the offseason, basically. Like, last year, Cashman can hang his hat on the fact that they were a Final Four team, even though we all know that they didn't even belong on the field with the Astros. But he was like, well, we made TLCS. Well, what? what possible thing can you say that was positive out of this year? Think about it like this, right? In back-to-back years, respectively, Aaron Judge won the MVP, and Garrett Cole's going to win the Cy Young, right? The Yankees did not win a game past the division series in those two seasons. Yeah, two, two quick things. One, you you talked about there's always enjoyment throughout any season i gotta say of of course there were moments but not only was this team bad i mean we've watched yankee teams in recent recent history you know get eliminated before the end of the season and there were still so many memorable moments of those seasons this year not only did they just not play well they're just there just never seemed to be a time where there was a spark or like anything was put together. So there really wasn't that many memorable moments. There really wasn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, the most memorable one who you, you have a hard time even remembering it is Domingo Herman threw a perfect game this year. Right. Uh, It was at uh, one o'clock in the morning. Aaron judge became the first Yankee ever to have multiple three home run games in the same season. Yeah, that was cool. But like, uh, I mean, Garrett Cole's having the greatest single pitching performance out of a starter since 1978 for this club. Wasted. I mean, yeah, it's wasted, but these are all things that, at least as a fan, that I guess kept you entertained a little bit. So, you know, D- Dominguez hitting the first the first pitch he swung at, he hits a home run. Off that was one of my Verlander. favorite moments of the year. It really was. Okay. Um, so, to your second point, which is more important. Rizzo having a concussion and playing three yeah, months. Yeah, it was great. Didn't exist. To your second point, which is more important, that this team hasn't won a game past the LDS in a MVP season from Judge, followed up by a Cy Young season from Garrett Cole. And you could even make the argument that if Judge was healthy this entire year, what he was able to accomplish, it wouldn't be uh, far-fetched to say this guy could have seriously contended for another MVP this year. Oh, I I think he he probably wouldn't have won it because, you know, the writers didn't want to snub Otani two years in a row. They just That's, couldn't do it. But just uh, theoretically, he would have been in the talks. Look, I believe this. You can tell me that I'm crazy. I I believe this 100%. If he stayed healthy all year long, I don't want to say he breaks 62, but right now we're watching the final six games of the season to see if he can break 62. So you can say, arguably. Not agree with that? Yeah, of course. You can say, arguably, that the Yankees currently, over the last two years, up to now, have a top three offensive player, if not number one, which he is, in my opinion, 
in Aaron Judge. And now the top dog from as a as a starting pitcher. And so with those two things alone, this team not making the playoffs isn't as much of a talent issue as it is what we've said all along, just a fundamental issue that needs to be found and addressed. Well, the Yankees have two to 10 best players in baseball on their team, and Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. What I'm saying is two guys can't, Carry not, a team to a championship, but the Yankees exactly, and the Yankees but to have done not a, make the postseason. They done. They did not do a good job, and we all know this. They did not do a good job of building around Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. And I saw people freaking out about this because Boone brought this up when they were interviewing him on Sunday of what went wrong. Yes, we all know the Yankees did not score enough runs to win games, enough games to get into the postseason this year. We all know that the biggest problem is that this offense outside of Aaron Judge is terrible, okay? And I'm not saying that Gleyber Torres didn't have a good year, but when people are like, oh, he's your second-best hitter, you can't get rid of him, he's not supposed to. That's not supposed to be your second-best hitter with the type of production he has. The Yankees should have somebody else producing more than Glaber Torres is. And I don't want to shit on Volpe. I, we, we discussed him last week when you, when Pete sat in, I don't, I, I, I like, I, there's things I like about him. I'm encouraged to see him grow and go further here, but the offense by and large is terrible outside of Aaron judge, right? Yes. Aaron Boone yesterday said that it was the, the starting pitching that held, that really held this team back. And people are, are disagreeing with that. And I'm saying to myself, on paper, uh, in, in theory, I should not on paper, but in theory, he's not telling the truth because I think the Yankees did pitch well enough to get into the postseason. But, Chris, who's left standing right now? They all the injuries to this rotation. He's not completely wrong in saying that. I agree. It's just it gets frustrating when it's so painfully obvious that sure the injuries killed this team, but there were a lot of times where guys weren't injured and this offense was just beyond atrocious. I mean, when you're in this, when you're being talked about in the same breath as the Royals and the, and the A's there, I don't care if half your lineups hurt that can't happen. Oh, you're right. This team, I'm not defending them offensively at all. They're, they were bad. They did not, nobody, and for various reasons, nobody stepped up while Aaron Judge was out, right? But outside of Garrett Cole, this this starting rotation is has been decimated this year. Carlos Rodon missed major chunks of the season, came back, was very ineffective. You want to say... He had two really good starts, had it, and then uh, an okay start on Sunday. Fine. Great. He's rounding into shape with with uh, six games left when the Yankees are, have been eliminated from the postseason. All right? That's that's supposed to be your co-ace right there. You, Nestor Cortez pitched like a legit number two for the majority of the last two seasons. Can't find him anywhere, and when he was on the mound, he was terrible. Domingo Herman is in alcohol rehab, Right? And and he not like he was really that good while he was here, you know. They had to bring friggin' uh, Michael King out of the bullpen. Now, I mean, granted, he's looked friggin' amazing, but he's there out of basic necessity right now. Okay, Frankie Montas has thrown two innings this year in AAA. I don't even know what the hell the Yankees are doing, wasting anybody's time with Frankie Montas and Montas throwing in Scranton right in, uh, the the last two weeks. But just look at the way this rotation was supposed Severino to Severino might as well have been hurt all year. I, I completely I completely forgot Luis Severino even existed until you said that. The guy made made couldn't even post 20 starts this year. What do you have? A six plus ERA this year? Well, well, look, I mean, the proof is is right in front of us here that you know, our best offensive player in Judge, the two guys we just talked about, Judge goes down, no one's there to 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 pick up the team. Cole doesn't necessarily go down, but there's no one there behind him to 
I mean, an ace is only is only as valuable as the guys who are there to pick him up afterwards. I mean, what's what's valuable about having a uh, one guy every five days go out there and and give you his best when when you're practically, you know, handcuffed the other four games at that point. And think about it like this. Right. OK, so the Yankees technically pitched well enough to win this year. OK. But why do you think guys like Wandy Peralta and, and Tommy Canely are, can't finish the season? They're True. burnt out. True. You're getting guys going out there throwing four, uh, five innings at a time, right? Uh, outside but, of Garrett Cole. But man, people say, you know, you're, we're, we're petty for this, but this is why we get so frustrated when Garrett Cole's at 92 pitches in the sixth inning, you know, finishes up a sixth inning. In a in a four to one game or five one game, and then he's not out for the for the next inning. You know that's why we get frustrated. It's amazing that he leaves. I'm stunned that all the times that we wanted that we got upset that he came out of the game quote early, and he still leaves the league. But bro, how much of that is strictly him taking the ball every five days, and you just don't see that anymore? No, that's true. Also, he he has not absolutely. You just don't see it anymore. It's it's crazy. It's something we've taken for granted for sure. I mean, outside of 2021, when he had that little hiccup with the hamstring, I mean, this guy's answered. I say this all the time. This guy's answered the bell every single time. And I mean, you, you didn't like the 2022 season that he had with the three, five year array and all the home runs. The guy was reliable. You knew he was going to go take the ball every five days. Absolutely. And I have a quick question for you, and this is something we can dive deeper into on our fan therapy show, but it just, it's a question I thought of talking about how there's no guys backing up the best out there on this team. Do you think it's fair to say that Brian Cashman's biggest flaws aren't with the guys that he's necessarily brought here or signed or traded for, but with the guys that he passed on? With the guys that he couldn't get, that he that he should have. I mean, what are you talking about? Like Bryce Harper? Not, okay, not necessarily going to go back that far. I'm talking more about, because you mentioned he failed to build properly around Cole and Judge, but there's so many guys that, you know, that were out there that, the old Yankees would have snatched up and done anything for, and we were screaming. Like, it, it, I go right back to the Rizzo stuff. And again, hate talking about the guy this way because we love him, but he was the safe move. And, and it. There's no of, reason Freddie Freeman should not be the first baseman for the Yankees. None. Sorry. Sorry. Zero. Zero. There's zero reason. Want to tell me that you didn't want that a guy that that you get here and now all of a sudden you're talking about building a team around Aaron Judge? Want to tell me that Matt Olson was too expensive in terms of what you would have to trade to get him and give him the contract? Okay, I buy that. I because honestly, I that's a lot of assets to put into one player. It is, but Freddie Freeman costs money, right? And the reason why I'm saying that is because... Having an MVP caliber year this year. You don't mean to tell me that he couldn't carry the Yankees? Right. And the reason why I'm saying this is because you then you look at the rotation and you say, but Chris, they got Rodon. I mean, he was the right... Yes, correct. He was the right move. No matter how bad he pitches from here on out, you'll, you cannot look back at that move and say he wasn't the guy to go after. And that's why I'm saying Cashman did his job there, I think, to try and get those... Re- so I can't blame him for that, really. What I can blame him for are his decisions to either not go after guys or not bring guys in or call them up when he should have. Those are the moves. The moves that he fails to make seem to be what makes him the most frustrating, I think, at this point. Not to say he doesn't bring in guys that just pan out, just turn out to be fucking head scratchers. But at the end of the day, I mean... There's a bunch of names I can think of that would have built a decent team around these two. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, there was definitely a better move to make than bringing in Wash Donaldson. We all know that. Of course. Of course. Maybe not trade for Frankie Montas. You know, you want to tell me that Dominguez and Volpe, which apparently a combination of them or both of them were asked for by the Reds. It was too rich for your blood. Okay. 
I mean, but there's now, another there's another guy, Castillo. Now we're looking at a situation where, as fans, we're looking at that's our shortstop and center fielder for the next ten years. So you want to tell me that was too rich? Fine. Then be smarter with your assets, then. Nobody, everybody knew that Frankie Mont. I'm, I don't want to say everybody because people came at me when I called him a fucking bum on Twitter. And I guess I was right about that one. But uh, not, that, not that I'm happy to be right about that because I would have rather him pitch the Yankees into the postseason this season than you know, a non-factor, but... You know, I didn't like to trade at the time. And, you know, not to say that any of the guys that they traded for him are lighting up the world, but they're assets that you didn't have to make a move this year. True. Before we get into kind of what we want to get into today, I know we this is the thing with this show. I know it goes, we have one idea for it and it goes off in another way, but, you know, it, sometimes it's just good to get it out. And that's what next week is really going to be about. And we're going to try to involve the fans as much as possible in that. But, um, I can't get with the outrage over the Jordan Montgomery trade. I can't get with it, dude. I'm sorry. Like we talked about this on the show. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. And Jordan Montgomery is balling out in Texas right now, pitching them into the postseason. And Harrison Bader is on the guess where he is right now? On the IL in Cincinnati. Stunner. Hey. Uh I don't I it was a head scratcher for me at the time. It was. I didn't get it. It was, I didn't, it was a couple factors. One, I didn't, I didn't know the caliber of player that Bader was. Um, seeing him when he's healthy, I get it defensively, but the only argument that makes me feel better about it is the argument that Jordan Montgomery doesn't pitch in October, but, you know, he was, he was another guy here was my problem with it from the beginning was he was a, a the best back end of rotation guy in baseball. That's not even an argument. There's no argument there. You can't debate that. The guy here as a Yankee was the best as, as a back end guy. And the second argument was he was very reliable. Also, he yeah, was absolutely. a reliable guy. I mean, he had Tommy John, but, you know, he but, did. but beyond that, he's been great. And then you brought in a guy who was the polar opposite of, of reliable. And that was my biggest issue. Am I going to harp on it? Am I going to lose sleep over it? No. But, I mean, it is a little bit of a head scratcher for me. Yeah, but I'm just not like, uh, the, of all the things that I get mad at Cashman over, I'm just not, I don't no. have, I don't have the vitriol towards him for that one. Like, that, the only one doesn't. I understood the move. I don't understand why you trade for a guy in a walking boot. Just like I don't understand why you trade for a starting pitcher with shoulder problems. Like I that I don't get. But I understood that the move for Bader was made for the postseason. You needed a legitimate center fielder out there. He was probably their best offensive player in the postseason. And the way that the rotation line was stacking up is that Jordan Montgomery wasn't going to pitch in October for the Yankees. So I get it. Like, if I can, I can rationalize that one. I don't understand. Like I said, I would have preferred them to have gone out there and gone, gotten a center fielder that could have played for them immediately and that we didn't uh, wait until mid-September to make his debut. But, I mean, it is what it is. Like, uh, that one I'm not, I can't, I keep, that one I can't, like, I'll get. choose, I can choose indifference over on that one. Indifference is a really good word. Like, I'm not, I see people just like freaking out about it. I'm just like, I'm not there with that one. I'm not there with you guys on that one. I questioned it from the beginning, just for the record. I mean, I did question it. I didn't get it. People said I was an idiot. No, but, I didn't get, get it because the guy's hurt. Why are we? That's what my whole problem was. See, I, va I always valued Jordan Montgomery to be more than just a last minute trade when this team I mean am I wrong to say they lacked they they've lacked uh starting pitching depth I mean we're pulling Michael King out of, out of out of the bullpen we're calling up guys that are here for three days when there's an injury and then they send him back down that aren't really going to ever amount to anything Luis Heal disappeared 
Tommy John surgery. Davy Garcia's gone. You know, do we have to go back to the Chance Adams days? I mean, I think the Yankees do have pretty solid depth uh, if everybody comes back healthy next year. They have to go out there and sign a starting pitcher. Uh, that's number one. If they do that, they're going <clears> to, <throat> you're going to have Rodon and Cole. You're going to have uh, Nestor. You're going to have um, Schmidt and King and Brito and uh, what's his face? Randy Vasquez. And I, I don't understand why the Yankees don't really like Vasquez, but whatever. So they have some depth, you know, Warren and uh, Thorpe are guys are coming through the system. So it's not barren out there. It's just crazy to me that the Yankees trade him as a back end of the rotation guy. And then all of a sudden mid season this year, he's being traded as a piece to put someone, a, a team over the top and, and ride through the postseason. Like where That's was great. You know, yeah. philosophy too, I guess he's using a different arsenal this year. I don't know. It's just, and then uh, again, again, I can't I'll get really different. I can't get on Matt Blake. I think Matt Blake's done an excellent I job. Think he's here. done a great job. So I can't like whatever he told Jordan Montgomery, whether Texas or St. Louis was telling him something differently. I can't get on Matt Blake for that. I think he's done a really good job here. You see some of the guys that have come through here, like who would ever thought Ian Hamilton would have been one of the better pitchers this year. That's Matt Blake's got to get a lot of credit for that. You know, I think Matt Blake has done a a great job. Um, We'll see. I, I would expect Blake to come back next year. Yes. As far as, uh, and you know, again, this kind of goes along with keep them, dump them, but this is something that we really got to talk about here before we get into an anniversary at the end of the show here is uh, John Carl Stanton is fucking terrible. Okay. There's just no other way to say it. And I'm one of his biggest supporters here. And I've fought with people for years about booing this guy and how, how ridiculous it is. But, and, I guess it has to do somewhat with the, you know, you want to say it's the weather or whatever, but, you know, you notice in the last week or so, John Carl Stan's seen the bench a lot more than he probably would have in other scenarios uh, than you probably even anticipate. Um, let me see here. Change the app and then I can't find what I'm looking for. I'll just go to baseball reference. Not like it matters. He didn't play today anyway. On Carlos Stanton. Here we go. Ready? You know he's a negative war player this year, right? That's crazy. It doesn't he, what does he have? 27 home runs? He's still a negative war player. Yeah, I defense does go into that, I believe. So so he's negative 0.8 as a for the war. He's got 68 hits on the year. <laughs> Which, which attributes to the 189 batting average. He does have 24 home runs. He struck out 117 times, though, which is great. And uh, he struck out 117 times in 98 games. My God. Uh, the OPS, he's actually, this is, this is what scares you about John Carlos Stan. 180, 189 on the batting average. The OPS is 692. What's his slugging percentage? His slug is 419, which is 110 points lower than his career. Jesus. What's his career OPS? His career OPS is 878. My God. It's almost 200 points. It's 180 points lower just about. Wow. I mean, obviously, we're going to give a, give Stan the, the official thumbs up or thumbs down in a couple weeks here. But, I mean, what did he... What are the Yankees going to do with this guy? He can't play for this team anymore. I'm and sorry. And you know what's crazy? He's not. It's not like he's old and washed up. Oh, he's well, he's washed up, dude. All right, but what I'm saying is, it's not like an old, washed up, like fucking Wash Donaldson situation here. This guy came here, and now, you know, a handful of years later, six, he's well, six years later, he's he's done for. Okay, what has he done this year that gives you hope that he can even post 120 games next year? 120 games, 30 home runs, OPS of 800. What gives you hope that he can do that next year? Do you think that you're even asking this question strictly because they didn't make the postseason? 
because we said if the Yankees are if the Yankees made the postseason this year and he and he gives you the same exact type of output, don't you think it's fair to still ask this question? Yes. Well, no, no, no. Here's what I'm getting at, though. There's an episode you can go back to somewhere where we both agreed, and SGR probably agreed, that this guy can literally sit the bench the entire year, not show up, be hurt the entire year. But if he shows up in October the way he has been, that's all we care about. So my question is based off of that. If this team made October despite his awful season and this guy turns it up, do you do you care or do you change your opinion because he was here and he was that miserable? Still have to ask the question whether or not he he should be here next year, but I think that you almost you're right. You probably do look past it in a if, sense if he's if lights out in October. Right. But the fact of the matter is he's one of the biggest reasons they didn't make the postseason this year because his job is to carry the team in Aaron Judge's absence, and he didn't do that. He, he, didn't, he, didn't even, uh, he didn't even show up when he didn't have to carry the team. I mean, Here's the thing. When, you, when we say that, right, he could play nine games, show up in the postseason, hit 10 home runs. Who cares? That's all predicated on Aaron Judge being here and us not needing him in the regular season. The Yankees needed him desperately in the regular season this year, and this is what you got from him. 98 games, sub-700 OPS, 189 on the batting average. It, yeah, it's still you still get uh, fucking you know, excited. You still get uh, moist when you see him just fucking drill these line drives 450 yes. feet, but... 24 home runs, is that is that worth keeping this guy? But here's the problem, and we talk about this all the time. What are the Yankees going to do? How many years left are on that contract? There's a long time left on this contract, at least three years. Let me look this up here. It might be four, dude. Yankees can't just trade him because he's got a no-trade clause. What are they going to say to this guy? Get out? We don't want you? They might have to, man. John Carl Stan is a, uh, there's a club option in 2028. So he, he will be here for at least uh, four more years. Right. Four. I thought so. They, yeah. You, you might have to. You might have to fucking I mean, do it. But you're not going to release him now. There's way too much time on the contract. They're not going to do it right now. Well, you have then you have to utilize him properly, right? I mean, the Yankees are always looking for guys to fill in. They're always looking for, you know, off the bench. You know, maybe you you work with him and and tell him to really start focusing on being a being a pinch hitter in games. I mean, he's got to do. guy's making thirty two million dollars next year. Well, you just said he has a no trade clause. Then, then Giancarlo, if you don't want that role, that's fine. We're going to trade you. Okay. If you say no, then, okay, then we need to do what we're going to do here. You're going to be a pinch hitter. You're going to be a guy that comes off late off the bench and you're going to fill in here and there during games. We're going to utilize you that way. So either you can go up there and look like an idiot or you can make the most of it or you can get traded. Which one? You well, choose. There was an article a couple of weeks ago. I think it was by Randy Miller of NJ.com said that the Yankees need to just basically tell him you're done being an everyday player here. That's exactly what I'm saying. Done being an everyday player here. We'll look for a trade for you or you can sit on the bench. That's exactly what I would. I didn't know that article was written. That's exactly what has to be done. That doesn't benefit the Yankees him sitting on the bench. Well, again, I mean. Does he want to take on that role? Giancarlo is a guy who's extremely accountable. So if he's going to take on that role and, and decline a trade, I'd have to imagine he, he does things to strategize and get better as a pinch hitter and take on that role to the best of his ability. And maybe he flourishes a little more there. Maybe he can be valuable. $32 million, Chris. This, is, this team is going to be up What else are they budget. going to do? What else gonna... are they going to do? I have no idea. They have to figure something out, man. And this is coming from a guy that I love him. I love the guy. I, I would go, if I could go back in time, I probably still make the trade. I, it was a move that they had to make at the time, but my God, dude, you can't just, 
you're going to be with him for at least another two and a half years, in my opinion, before the Yankees get to a point where they can stomach eating the money. Look, in, in the most respectful way possible, the Yankees have to make the idea of being traded seem like his only option. Can you send him? It does, yeah, but at that point, if you're, they're going to have to eat most of the contract. Eat at least eighty percent of his contract. Yeah. So at that point, at least you're getting, you'll get something. You'll have teams out there that are, that are going to take a flyer. I don't think you get anything for him. Maybe uh, I disagree. A ball boy. You know, you're talking about. You're still talking about twenty four home runs. You're still talking about uh, a a history now of players who have been traded away from the Yankees. That you know, fail here for whatever reason and then flourish in other places. So you have a bunch of guys who have maybe false hope, maybe real hope that they can turn them around. You're not getting anything of real value for him. I'm telling you, somebody. No, might no, no, it won't be anything crazy. But it just you might just make the trade and get him out of here. If somebody's willing to take less money than you yes. had initially anticipated. If yes. you were willing to pay 80 cents on the dollar and somebody takes 75 cents on the dollar, you'd be like, okay, he's yours. We don't even but want then again, back. At, at that point, what's the difference? If you're going to eat that much money anyway, and you truly need him off this team, why not just part ways, cut him, just cut him, pay him and cut him. Oh, uh, because I guess the, the savings is worth it. I guess. I guess. And if you can save what? Seven, eight million dollars, I guess. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you're saying there's no value for him to not be an everyday player. Then if the Yankees truly evaluate it the same way, which I'm I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you. But if the Yankees truly feel that and they try to trade him, maybe he's open to a trade and they're not getting anything. They're going to have to eat. 80% 80% anyway of what they, you know, is, is maybe what they anticipate. Why not just cut them at that point? I don't know. Maybe they have too much respect for him to do that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't blame him. I have a lot of respect for Giancarlo Stanton, but it's time to get serious now. I mean, I need guys in this lineup who I can rely on. And that includes Judge. And again, Judge got hurt because he, because of how, fucking dedicated he is to winning and to this team. I I need more guys like that. I need guys who, if Judge does go down again for a few weeks, that I'm not watching a team that can't hit the ball. It's like 100 and 30, 60, 90. It's like almost $120 million left on this guy's contract. $120 $120 million. If the, I'm sure that the, the Yankees would love to even be able to get somebody to pay $15 million of that as opposed to just releasing him. It's going to be tough. But, but again, you know, you, you're going to have to, even if somebody's like, oh, we can get John Carl Stan for the next four years at $15 million a year or for $15 million, it might be enticing, but, you know, I've said this before on the show, but what contender is sitting there saying to themselves, we're John Carl Stanton away from going to the World Series? Contender well, is sitting what contender is sitting there saying that to themselves right now? I mean, maybe the Yankees have to do something along the lines of, you know, throwing in a top a top prospect in there and getting them to eat more of that money. And now you're going to throw in a top 15 prospect just to get them out of here. And what this is turned into an, an utter disaster right now. It's a disaster. Anyway. I mean, we're, if we're talking about the money, you got to get cre- a little creative. And if you're throwing in a top 15 guy, then you're, you're talking about it. You expect the team to pick up a lot more than the $15 million at that point. Yes. That's what I'm saying. If, if you're, if they're that concerned about the money over anything else, then that's what they would have to do. Again, I'm just giving viable options. I'm not saying I I would this do. It's not it. a how is cheap thing. This is a how is not stupid thing to just cut a guy that you owe 120 million dollars to without trying to recoup some of that. Well, we'll see. It's going to be very difficult. 
because again, you now also, even if you can figure that part of it out, you got to convince them to go somewhere. Like I said, that, that part, I don't think should be too difficult. Well, okay. So tell me, you think he's going to want to go to a bottom tier team? You think he's going to want to play in Kansas city or for the white Sox or well, what's or more Rockies? To, what's more important to Giancarlo? I mean, He's getting paid no matter what, right? So that's not a that's not I don't, a, do you think maybe winning is important to him? Well, he's not do he hasn't done it here yet. Did you say regardless of what happened to the Yankees this year, do you think they have a better chance of winning the World Series in the next five years than the Rockies do? Okay. So if that's his top priority, I would respect the hell out of him for it. Then he'll be open to being a bench guy on this team. Which makes no sense for this team, for the Yankees, to have him hanging around being a what are you going to do? Have him play only against left-handed pitching? Then you cut start him, him at, at DH. Then he, cut him. Well, this is the problem here: is that there's no there's no good answer for this. This guy has become a major problem for this team. You know, what would be a great answer. Him fucking him, him retiring. Him just showing up a little bit, like him existing just a little bit. The guy wasn't here this year. Just retired. I don't think he's. That's the problem. What I was saying, he's not old and washed up. He's just washed up. He's not. I should just fucking retire. He should just retire for our sake. So pull an A Rod, convince him to retire. Yankees didn't convince him to retire. They told him to get the fuck out. How many home runs away was was A Rod? I think like seven home runs to seven hundred. And what did they offer him? What could they possibly have offered that man? To not stick around to do that. It's money. Oh. A-Rod has 696 home runs career. He needed four more to get to 700. Wild. And here's the thing about Stan is that I think somebody would take a flyer on him. uh, Because he was absolutely shit this year. Would you not say that? He was absolutely shit this year. He still hit 24 home runs. So you figure if he can at least output that over the next couple of years, he's going to hit 500. True. Somebody, somebody might want him to do marketable. that. Marketable. You know? But True. again, that's not going to be marketable to a team that's trying to win the World Series. You think the Dodgers give a shit if John Carlos Stanton hits 500 home runs for them? They might uh, in three. They might in three years. Right. You know, like they did with Albert Pujols, brought him in at the end, at the very end. Right. Right. Smart. The problem is, is that the Yankees have to get rid of him now. Smart. It's a problem, bro. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll give we'll give John Carl the. I mean, I'm sure you're if you're listening right now, you kind of figure in which way we're leaning. But we'll give John Carl the official vote in a couple of weeks. But I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is something that Judge would do when he says he's got to talk to Hal. But I would, if I'm Aaron Judge, I'd be like, listen, she's my boy. I love him. You gotta get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and I think G is a is a guy who, if the Yankees just sit down and have a rational conversation with him, that he'll be the first guy to tell you. I mean, he he did already how awful he's been. And if the Yankees can can, like I said, make getting traded sound like the most appealing option. That would be the way to go. But again, like you said, you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks that way. So I don't know. I I know what I'm going to vote. I know what I'm going to vote for a decent amount of guys. But I think that the Yankees have to, as Randy Miller put in then in that article. And then as you said earlier, the Yankees have to put it, they have to show them the tough love. Like, listen, if you don't want to get traded, that's your prerogative. You earn the right to have a no trade clause, but you're not an everyday player anymore. You're going to sit on this fucking bench four to five times at least. Right. You know, you want to start a DH during the left versus a lefty. All right, we could work that out for you, but you're going to play one once every five or six days. Right. That's it. But again, and then he can say, okay, fine. I'm okay with that. And then you're paying $30 million to a guy that you might only realistically start 50 games a year. <clears throat> I mean, dude, I did not, I honestly did not think we were going to be having this conversation about John Carlos Stanton in 2023, maybe in 2025. 
Uh, or maybe, you know, oh. going to the 25 season, we would have had this conversation. And hey, if this team had just won one championship with him here, this, this conversation would be irrelevant. Because again, we go back to the A-Rod shit. Everyone, everyone would have talked about what a waste that contract was until they won that World Series and until he was a big part of it. Then he's worth every penny, every bit of drama, everything. Because a World Series makes all your problems go away. It's like you said, man, this team has to this team has to go into next year without relying on injury prone players. They have to go into next year in that mindset that the guys that we're throwing out there every day, we can outside of freak things happening, we can rely on getting 140, 145 games at least out of these guys every every one of them. Look, there's got to be a weighted system of how you evaluate players. And, and what would you say you have a better chance of, of seeing Scarlett Johansson walking into your room right now and sitting on your face or John Carl Stanton playing 145 games next year? What do you think you have a better chance of happening? Uh, the fact that I even had to think about it for more than a second is a problem. <laughs> Look, the Yankees, the Yankees, you know, let's say they have a weighted system where they evaluate talent. I'm sure there's some type of system in place like that for all teams they have to put more emphasis on more weight on reliability the reliability factor you know i'd rather have a guy who might not on paper seem like he's going to give me as much as player b but player a is way more reliable and player b is a guy who's who's just hurt all the time I'm taking player A from now on. I'm not taking risks. I need guys who are reliability is what the Yankees have been missing for a long time now. That's what I need. I mean, the, before we move, uh, well, well, we'll use this to transition here. This is a good transition here, okay? I mean, right. you can say whatever you want about Anthony Volpe's season. Guy, he's been healthy. He's played Every single only he's only not played in one game out of the entire season. And I think that's a characteristic that you have to like about it. Absolutely. Volpe. It makes me very hopeful. Oh, now you go from the current shortstop to the last great shortstop for this team. It's uh we're recording here Monday night, September 25th. Why is that an important date? Well, it's exactly nine years to the day that Derek Jeter played his last game as a, not as a Yankee, but at Yankee Stadium. Um, I know we've talked about this dozens of times probably on the show, but because we're recording on the anniversary, I just want to spend a few minutes on it here. Uh, obviously, he's my favorite baseball player of all time. I love the, I love the dude, honestly. He's kind of... I don't know where my fandom would be without Derek Jeter. I'm sure I'd still be a Yankee fan, but that guy just made me love baseball and love this team and the way that he played the sport and the fact that we won so much with him and that he was such an integral part of, of winning. Um, and I say this not facetiously. I mean this truly. Like, yes, my wedding day, yes, the day my daughter got married, different different levels of of things, right? Yes. I said when my daughter got married. I, Jesus. I, I thought I, you meant in the future. No, I meant my daughter was born. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Hey, let's not go there right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got married the day my daughter was born. Different levels of things, right? There's there's tears in life. That's a different tier. Yankee Stadium for his final home game. Best day of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I, even there's, there. There's, there's nothing that can ever compare outside of the birth of your child saying, yeah, I do it to your wife outside of those scenarios. There's nothing that will ever compare in life to being there to watch this guy wear the pinstripes for the very last time. And it was such a magical night to him, man, because I always tell the story and I went to Mariano's final game because he didn't pitch after, after this. So it was his actual final game. The Yankees were done. And you were at Yankee Stadium, and it was like a funeral home, dude. It was just yeah. quiet. I've never experienced anything like Yankee Stadium being that quiet before. And then there was a slow, palpable build of excitement 
of when he got into the game and then everybody went wild. But for Derek Jeter's game, as soon as you oh, you got out of uh I forgot where we were parking, pretty sure we parked over by the train station. As soon as you got out of the car and then you walked through the train station, dude, it fucking hit you, man. Not that it was like a sad moment, but like the excitement. It was just like an energy around Yankee Stadium that day. Like I have not got gone to a game further than the division series. I've been to playoff games, wild card games, but like I've never been to an AOCS or a World Series. But I can compare this energy to like when you went to the wild card game in twenty, like when we went to the wild card game in twenty seventeen, or any of the division series games. Like it had a real postseason feel to it too. It's just kind like. Of- it's wild because I wasn't even there and people think I'm crazy because I've been blessed to witness so many championships and everything as a Yankee fan growing up. But to me, I put that moment as at number one, I wasn't even in the stadium. I, and me and SGR were there in 2009 when the Yankees clinched and uh, won the pennant in 2009. Um, I gotta, I, I gotta say being home, that was it was a night, a moment I will never forget. The way that ended and everything that that man brought to us as a fan, you just don't, you couldn't even imagine that that's how he would go out. And to think of how that moment happened, and I always like to break this this down because I think people don't realize like how that moment happened. Yes, we're not... In the in the realm of things, it's like you don't believe that it's real that he had the walk off hit, but it's also it's Derek Jeter final game at Yankee Stadium, so you're not totally surprised by it. But a lot of things had to happen for that moment to occur. The Yankees were up five to two going into the top of the ninth inning, and Joe Girardi was just trying to figure out a way to get Jeter off the field to get him to get that adulation from the crowd. And then David Robertson, who was a pretty lockdown closer for this team, blew the game. They blew the game, dude. And then you, and I looked at it. you just knew at that moment. Huh? You knew at that moment. Something bigger was at play here. What'd you say? Something bigger was at play here. You just knew in that moment. I remember thinking to myself immediately, Derek Jeter's going to hit a walk-off in his final fucking at-bat at Yankee Stadium. And if you look at this, what happened there in the bottom of the ninth inning, um, that at-bat maybe should have never even happened because it's 5-5. There's one out, runner at second. Now, a lot of times you're going to walk that batter, set up a double play right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean who not, was the not, manager at the well, time? Buck Showalter. Buck? Yeah, he Buck said. Was... He, I think he said explicitly he wasn't going to walk him. He wasn't going to do that. And and the Orioles were in a postseason spot, right? I believe they had already clinched. The Yankees were oh, okay. eliminated, so uh, okay. I don't think the game really meant anything for either team. But still, I thought it, it meant something for the Orioles. I thought they were still playing for home field or something. It might have been. I don't remember, but I know that they they uh, had kind of things locked up at that point. You know, credit Buck, man. He allowed that that moment to happen when a lot of people could have just said, oh, we're going to play by the book here, uh, go for the walk, uh, set up the double play, and, and go and go to extras. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that happen. And, and, you know, you look at the span of Derek Jeter's career because now it's been nine years since the guy retired, right? The the lead off home run in the 2000 World Series, the you know the his his real rookie game in '96 with the home run, the catch, the dive, the the flip, everything, everything, right? Nay, we could sit here and list them forever. That is my favorite by far moment of his on the baseball field. Now, you can say. For any one singular moment, like yeah, it's hard to say like oh when they won the World Series because a lot of the times like the Yankees had these these series and these games kind of really wrapped up. Right. I I can't even though it was like a, a quote meaningless game, I can't put anything above that man. Like 
to 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 see this guy that you that you watched for 20 years that you were what that I was what 96 I was 13 years old and now you know I was in my 30s I was uh engaged I was engaged at that point dude that was that was just fucking wild man to see him close his his career as a at Yankee Stadium out like that I don't I don't put anything above it man I don't blame you I don't either I don't either. And I wasn't it, even there. It's it's hard to sit there and say that, oh, there's there, he's had better. He might have had more meaningful moments, but that moment right there encapsulated exactly who he was. You know, the guy went five for five on the day that he that he hit three thousand. Who does that? Right. Right. A, and he's also not a home run hitter. He hits one into the bleachers. I mean, who <laughs> this is just who Derek Jeter is, man. Like and I'm so glad that we've got that he that things have kind of come around here and he, he's around the team again. And I, and I, I know, like I, I made a tweet a year ago or so that he should be the GM. I don't know if I really want that, but I just I, I I'm glad that he's back around now, man. He's back in the family here because it was it was Derek Jeter as a Florida Marlin was just not good. Not well, it didn't right. feel right. Didn't sit right. Just like Don Mattingly, bro. See him in a fucking Blue Jays uniform. Yeah, I wasn't as attached to to Donnie baseball. Don Mattingly was my first favorite player. I mean, he was the because I was born in '83, and you know, I remember Don Mattingly through. You know, he was the first player that I really remembered, and he was my first favorite player. And just like, no man, baseball. Yeah, I know that he was with the Marlins and the Dodgers, but there's just not there's something just not right about Don Mattingly. Wearing the Toronto Blue Jays uniform, mm. so I don't know, man. I, 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 there's been, and I think the the craziest stat about Derek Jeter, and, and granted, the Yankees were eliminated from the postseason in '93, uh, not '93, in 2013, but he was injured, so I, it, I guess it technically didn't count. It wasn't until 2014 that Derek Jeter played in a meaningless baseball game. Crazy. It's extremely crazy. Now it just seems to happen. At Yankee me. Stadium, I think. Stadium? I don't I don't remember fully. I think there was something to that, but he never missed the postseason, right? 96, 97, 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. No, 2008, I'm sorry. They were, yeah, you're right, because they did not get eliminated. They were in Tampa Bay, weren't they? They weren't eliminated uh, in 2008 until they played their final game at Yankee Stadium. So, yes, it took until 2014 for that guy to play a home game where it didn't mean anything. Right. Crazy. Just as insane. So, I mean, you know, but now it seems to happen every three or four years where the Yankees yeah. playing meaningless baseball. So, yeah. So the Yankees have got six games left. They'll be in Toronto trying to play spoiler. Garrett Cole uh, looks like he's got one more start left to try to solidify what I believe is a Cy Young season here. Uh, I think the numbers again for Cole against Toronto this year were ridiculous. He had three starts. One 20, run, I think. One run in like 20-plus innings, which we've known they gave, they gave him fits, especially last year. So, I mean, it's just... Man, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to my fucking grave hate, hate, hating the Yankees for what they did to Garrett Cole this year. Really, yeah, sucks. Waiting for Ace Cole, like the peak Garrett Cole, best pitcher in baseball. Like he's been hovering around it for three years, and finally it all comes together for him. And this is the worst team that we've seen in ten years. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, then they'll go to Kansas City and, and close out the season. The Yankees have how many? What are they at? Seventy-eight wins, I want to say, or they at seventy-nine? Seventy-nine, I think. So the Yankees have, uh, just to verify, yeah, they have seventy-nine wins. Does it matter if they get they get two more? Does that mean anything to you to finish five hundred? I uh, at this point, I want I selfishly don't want them to. F- I want him to finish under 500. I want that to finally be gone. It's the last thing that people hang their hat on for Cashman's legacy. Here. Yeah, I guess going and back to I don't to want what, to hear it anymore. I guess going back to what we said earlier in the show, like what can we, what can they like say that was a positive? And they're like, oh, well, we were we weren't a losing team this year. 
Right. I mean, I just want that gone. I want it gone. And it has nothing. Doesn't matter either way now. The Yankees are eliminated. I'm not saying this in the middle of the season. The Yankees are eliminated. And that being the case, I want this whole, he's never had a losing season in 20, 30, years, whatever it is. I want it gone. Want them to finish in fourth? Or, do you, or does it really need the Couldn't care on? less. Do, do, do they really need the icing on the cake and finish last year? Couldn't get, I think the icing is, is, is fucking lathered on as it's going to be at this point. All right. Well, you know, that's that. Okay. All right. Uh, so next week, we hope everybody joins us. We're going to try to find a date because I know Pete's going to be doing game season uh, for the postseason. So we're going to try to find a date. But I really want to do fan therapy live because I want to get the ch- chat involved and get everybody to just dump their feelings all out on the table. And then we turn the page and look, look forward to who should be here, who should not be here, and then really try to figure out how the Yankees can avoid this happening again, you know? So that's kind of what to look forward to in the next three weeks here on the show, fan therapy next week. And then the following two weeks is uh, keep them and dump them part one and then part two. So, and then, uh, Oh, bro. Who knows? When do you think that we get the official announcement that Boone's coming back like Sunday, like as soon as, can they do it before the season ends? They'll, can they just hold the presser and just tell us? I mean, they could if they want to. So, yeah, maybe maybe they'll just do that. Like, yeah, we're just here to announce that uh, we're retaining Aaron Boone for the 2024 <laughs> season. Uh, well, Boone said himself, he says, uh, my, my, my uh, concern is in or my thoughts aren't on my contract situation. It's on how we improve in 2024. So. I'm sure he's got some type of reassurance that he's coming back. He said, apparently, Hope tweeted before. Boone said he has no confirmation whether or not he's coming back or hopefully gone next year. Maybe not, but I mean, again, this is for two weeks from from now. Keep him, dump him. I I know what I'm voting, but I also have a feeling what the Yankees are going to do, and I don't think those two things are the same. All right. All right. So if you're still if you're watching here on NYY Underground, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star rating and review. I want to thank everybody for their continued support of NYYST and NYY Underground. We want to thank everybody for listening and watching episode 352. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.